Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this new year. And I pray that as we look at your word this morning, uh, that you would guide us into it. That you would show us how best to glorify you as we enter this uh, near the new year that you have blessed us with. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, kind of different to be doing this on video, but I thought this might be a good way to uh, be able to be out of town and yet uh, share the Word of God with you this morning. It's January 1st, so Happy New Year. Uh, glad you're here worshiping with us this morning. So, uh, you know, if you don't like the video thing, if this is kind of too strange, uh, you can let me know later. But uh, we think this might be a way to, um, to still communicate the Word of God, um, even as I am out with family. So... All right, let's jump in. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, you ever have that moment where your uh, spouse calls you up and says, I'll be home in 15 minutes, and by the way, uh, company's coming too, so can you, can you kind of straighten up a little bit at the, at the house? And, and, and you hang up the phone, and, and you're like, what just happened? And, and suddenly it's like fast motion, hurry up, get ready, uh, kids pick up your rooms, uh, clean up the dishes, what are we having for dinner anyway, you know? And, and, and all these things start happening, and you've got to clean, clean, clean right now. And, and that's, that's what happens when someone's coming over at a moment's notice. Well, I thought as we enter 2017, we would talk about cleaning house. And that doesn't refer to throwing out members of the church. We're not doing that. But, but we're actually referring to going into this new year and looking at our own lives and, and, and seeing what places need to be cleaned up. What things would God uh, lead us in to do for His glory, to change in our homes or in our lives for Him in 2017? So here's what I want to do. I want to do something a little bit different this morning and look at a passage in uh, Leviticus. So I invite you to turn to Leviticus chapter 14, verses 33 through 53. Uh, Leviticus has been called the handbook uh, on holiness. So Leviticus is written to Israel and, and you got to remember, of course, Israel, I mean, you, you have a government, you have people, millions of people you got to take care of, and, and so there's, there's laws on everything. And we're going to look at laws on what to do if there's mildew in your home, okay? Now that may sound strange, but it all makes sense in a few minutes. So take a look at this with me. Now, Leviticus 14, verse 33 the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to you as your possession, and I put a spreading mildew in the house in that land, the owner of the house must go and tell the priest, I've seen something that looks like mildew in my house. The priest is to order the house to be empty before he goes in to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. And after this, the priest is to go in and he inspects the house. He's to examine the mildew on the walls, and if it has a greenish or reddish depression, that appear to be deeper than the surface of the wall, the priest shall go out of the doorway of the house and close it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall return to the, inspect the house. And if the mildew has spread on the walls, he is to order that the contaminated stones be torn out and thrown into an unclean place outside of town. He must have all the inside walls of the house scraped and the material that is scraped off dumped into the unclean place outside the town. Then they're to take the other stones to replace these and take new clay and plaster the house. If the mildew reappears in the house after the stones have been torn out and the house scraped and plastered, the priest is to go and examine it. And if the mildew has spread in the house, it is a destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down. Its stones, timbers, and all the plaster 
and taken out of the town to an unclean place. Anyone who goes into the house while it's closed up will be unclean until evening. Anyone who sleeps or eats in the house must wash his clothes. But if the priest comes to examine it and the mildew has not spread out to the house has been plastered, he shall pronounce the house clean because the mildew is gone. To purify the house, he is to take two birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. He shall kill one of the birds over fresh water in a clay pot. And he is to take cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird and the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall purify the house with the bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet yarn. And then he is to release the live bird in the open field outside the town. In this way he will make atonement for the house, and it will be clean. God wants our homes to be holy. Now, remember, if you're in ancient Israel, there's no EPA, there's no government agencies overseeing things. You've got the Lord. And so the Lord gives lots of laws governing these different areas of our lives. And this is one of those areas that is, what do you do if there's mildew in your house? Now, the actual word mildew is interesting because NIV says mildew. Literally, it's, it's leprosy. It says that there's leprosy in your house, which we would understand to be uh, mildew. That's probably a good way to translate the word leprosy. So, so uh, it, it, earlier in chapter 14, he's talked about uh, people with leprosy, and now he's talking about homes with leprosy. And it's an issue because your home needs to be clean. Remember, in ancient Israel, they, they thought of things as either clean or unclean. And if you have mildew in your house, you are unclean. If you touch a dead body, you are unclean. There's all sorts of things that can put you in the category of unclean, and that includes your home. Okay, so um, in thinking about homes, as you can see, the way I'm going to preach this, I'm going to tell you what the text says, but I'm going to apply it to us, our homes, our lives, our families. So, so what I'm doing is, uh, you know, if you think about house in the New Testament, when you think about a home in the New Testament, we have verses like Ephesians 2.19. You know, you're no longer foreigners or aliens, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of of God's household. So we're part of God's house. Or um, maybe 1 Peter 2.5, you also like living stones. You're like a stone. You don't want to have mildew on you. You're a living stone or you're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the question is, is there leprosy in your home? Is there leprosy in your life? What do you see there? And as, as you think about this, I want to give you a few categories to consider. Because uh, it's really a broad thing. There's many different ways we can take this when we talk about leprosy in a figurative sense. But uh, some of the categories I thought about was, when you look at your life, what kind of media do you allow into your life? Movies, television, internet, music, books, apps. What kind of media is coming into your life? Maybe you need to look at the love in your family. Is there a lack of time or touch or gifts or words or service? Those love languages, are those happening in your household or not? Maybe you could look at emotions and say, how am I doing emotionally? Am I emotionally healthy? Is there any anger or jealousy or favoritism or hate? Am I holding a grudge? How am I emotionally 
You can look at yourself spiritually and saying, are we committed to praying together? Am I committed to prayer and the scripture, church attendance? Am I committed to the gospel? Am I part of a small group, which we want to emphasize at this church? Uh, what's going on in, in my spiritual life that God may want me to pay attention to? Um, you also might want to look at you know, personal sins. What are the sins I've dealt with in 2016 that I just need to be done with, to repent of, to walk away from? Words, actions, thoughts. What's going on in my personal life? Um, you, you might even say, what, what reference point do I have? What relationship do I have to things uh, of the occult, demonic things? Certainly those need to be cleaned out and eradicated entirely. Maybe you need to look at uh, things that you're not doing that you should. Maybe you're in denial about certain things like confession, repentance, forgiveness. Some of these, some of these spiritual acts God wants you to walk in and, and you're not, you don't even see it. I don't need to confess. I don't need to walk away from this stuff. Uh, but God wants to call your attention to it this morning. How do you clean your home? What do you do? And that's what we're looking at uh, Leviticus 14 for. I'll start, though, with uh, 2 Timothy 2.20. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful verse, and I think it applies perfectly to what we're talking about today. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some are for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself of the latter, he'll be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. So Paul says, in your house there's going to be good stuff and bad stuff. Stuff that's noble and stuff that's not so noble. And you need to get rid of the bad stuff. Get rid of the stuff that's not noble. Clean that stuff out so you can be uh, an instrument for noble purposes. So you can be holy. So there's this beautiful picture, again, in the New Testament, that our lives are like a house. And, and, and the church is God's household. So as we look at Leviticus and we think about mildew, what in the world is that about? Uh, we, we ought to be thinking in terms of our own lives and, and the leprosy we see as we enter this new year. How do we do that? Well, I want to take you through the five steps for cleaning mildew out of your house that we just looked at in Leviticus. What are those five steps? Well, number one, if you look at verse 34 and 35, you see, first of all, you have to go and tell the priest there's a problem. If you see it, you've got to report it to the priest. Number one, then, is admission. Admission. We have a problem here, all right? Something's not right. And you've got to be able to admit that. For them in, the, in, in ancient Israel, they had to go to the priest and say, Priest, we got a problem in my house. I see something that may be mildew. And we've got, we got to deal with that. And so you've got to admit that there is a problem. Um, it says the owner of the house should go to the priest and, and tell them there's a problem. And, and, that, and that puts it on... I'm talking to families right now for a minute. Uh, if you're the head of the household, you need to deal with the issues that you see. Man, God holds you accountable for your household. Uh, you see that in a verse like uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 13. The, the head of man is Christ, and the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So, so men are, should manage their households. That's 1 Timothy 3, 4. Manage your family well. See that your children obey you with proper respect. 
But women also manage the household. It's not just men. We see in Proverbs 31, 27, this woman watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. This woman, it says, watches over the affairs of her household. So whether it's a husband, wife, mother, father, you need to be seeing what's going on. Now, if you're a teenager, and maybe your parents aren't even saved, the question for you is, what's my responsibility here? What's going on in my room, in my place, in the things I have responsibility for? If you're single and you're in an apartment, what are you responsible for in that apartment that you need to deal with? What's going on in your life? If there's a problem, we need to admit it and come clean and say, this must be dealt with. Okay. Now, uh, number two. The second thing is the priest in verses 36 through 39, he inspects the home. He goes through the home. He checks it out. He examines uh, um, all of the uh, building materials. And he tries to see how deep the mildew is in the walls. There, there's this inspection. Number two, let's find out what's really going on. Because it says he, he goes in and in verse uh, 36, he wants to make sure nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. So he doesn't want to like go in and start throwing out the good stuff. Let's get rid of the silverware. Let's get rid of the, you know, the table. Let's get rid of the sofa. You don't want to throw out the good stuff, but you do want to get rid of the bad stuff. And so he's examining the house. And then he shuts it up for seven days to see if the problem gets worse or not. There has to be an examination. How bad is this? You need to ask yourself, how long has this been an issue in our family's life? How long has this been an issue in my life? How severe is this? Who is it impacting? What does God say about it? What is this issue really about? What's the root problem here? You need to examine the issue. When it says a priest is consulted, I tell you, you know, we're a kingdom of priests, but there are people that love you and care about you, and you might consult with them. It could be a pastor, it could be a board member. A deacon, deaconess, elder, could be a close, trusted friend. But you can consult with somebody and say, what do you think about this? I just want to be honest and tell you what's going on here. How significant is this? And you'll get a, hopefully, a loving and truthful, wise response. But you can't ignore it. And see, that's our problem. We see things and we just don't deal with it. I mean, we have problems in the house. And how many times have you seen a problem in your house and and maybe it's a physical defect, and you think, oh, I'll get to it later. You know, the garage doesn't open right, but we'll worry about that later. You know, whatever it is, right? The toilet's not flushing. Whatever it is, how many of you said, we'll get to it later, you know? And then the list gets bigger and bigger of things you've got to do. But you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. I remember one time uh, when I was young, um, I used to love playing with uh, Star Wars uh, figures, little, little figures. And I remember one time I had them over at my grandma's house, and my cousins were there. And we were playing with the little figures. And one of my cousins said, yeah, I used to have that guy. You know, and, and, and one time we were in the car, and I was in the back seat with my sister, and we were fighting over the figure. You know, we were fighting over who gets to play with them, and, and we had a big problem. And, and, and my dad turned around, grabbed the figure out of my hand, and threw him out the window. And that was it. Um, you know... 
what I'm saying is you don't want to rush into things. You just don't want to throw things out. You want to examine the problem. You don't want to rush to judgment. You want to look wisely at it. You don't want to ignore the problem either and, and just, you know, if two kids are fighting, is it the toy or is it the kids? I mean, really, what's going on there? No easy answers. Look for the truth of what's happening. Compare it to Scripture and examine what's going on. No quick, no quick answers, but really consider it. Think about it. Um, number three. Uh, you'll notice uh, in verse 40 and 41, the priest has the stones, the, the mildew stones, torn out, and he has them thrown away into an unclean place. And then he has the inside of the wall scraped and then dumped into an unclean place outside of town. So number three is elimination. Take the garbage to the dump. Elimination. You've got to get it out of your house, out of your home, out of your life. That stuff has got to go. It cannot linger. You cannot leave it there. The mildew's got to go. The leprosy needs to be eliminated. Complete removal. Um, I don't know if your household is anything like ours, but sometimes, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> I'll let the garbage overflow. And, you know, you let it get bigger and bigger, and, and then you start to smell things, and it's like, well, what have I done, you know? Uh, why would you let it overflow like that? Just take it out, right? You, you don't want things to overflow. You want to deal with it before it gets all over you, before it makes a mess, before it affects other people, before it becomes a habit. You need to deal with it. Now, I remember um, remember the story of a young man, and uh, we were talking about uh, pornography, a hard thing to talk about with people. Um, but, but when you're honest and you can go there, it's a beautiful thing to be able to deal with it and to face it. And I was talking to this young guy, and I remember saying, uh, what, when did this happen? When did this whole thing start for you, uh, of looking at things you shouldn't look at? And he said, you know, um, I, I had uh, incredible grandparents. They loved me. They loved the Lord. Church going. Ministry involvement. They were excellent. But stayed the night one time at their house. And I was going through their magazines and they had a swimsuit issue of a, of a popular um, sports magazine. And I looked at that and, and there were pornographic images in that magazine that I remember to this day. And that is where it started. And, and that was sobering to me because I thought, you know, you have grandparents who are following Christ and are trying to show Christ to their grandkids and they and they have a stack of of periodicals and in there is one that does not belong that shouldn't be in there that would cause a temptation for a young man and that needs to be eliminated listen grandparents let me address you for a minute if you give your grandkids unrestricted access to the internet on your phone or tablet or computer, you are giving them a gateway, a doorway into a world that could addict them the rest of their lives. And I know that they're going to have to make that decision for their, on their own at some point. You know, am I going to follow the Lord? They're going to have to walk and, and, and go through that journey 
of who am I going to please? What master will I serve? But we see young people targeted and they become addicted at a young age and they need not. And, and that's in our homes. That's in our homes. The movies we watch, the magazines we have, the internet, which is so available and so accessible and kids know right what to do. And whether they're, whether they're doing it on purpose or not, they, they, they sometimes even stumble into it. And there it is. And we have to deal with this. There has to be an elimination. Um, if you don't have filters on your internet, you need them. You need to know what's being accessed. There's some great ones out there. And you can ask me later and I'll recommend some. Write me an email or talk to me. But you've got to do something. Because now this is partly on you for what you've given to one of your children or grandchildren. Elimination. Let's get rid of the garbage. Fourthly is restoration. If you look at verse 42, it says they're to take other stones and replace these and take new clay and plaster the house. If you take old mildew stones out, you've got to replace it with new stones. And this is an easy principle in the scripture. It's, it's all over the place. It's the replacement principle. If, if you don't replace something bad with something good, you're going to go back to something bad. That, that's just how it is. Jesus says it's the same thing with demons. You can clean them out. But if you don't replace it, the house now is empty. And now even more demons can come in. That's just a basic spiritual principle. You have to replace what you've taken out. You have to replace anger with joy. You have to replace bitterness with love and forgiveness. You have to replace sin with good works and filling your life with good activities that would glorify God. If you have uh, uh, unclean media, movies, books, music, you've got to replace it with what is clean in that category. There are good books, good movies, good music. Because if you love that media, that's not the problem, that you enjoy watching a movie. It's what you're watching that's the problem. So replace it with something healthy, something you enjoy, something that's good, but you've got to replace it. It's not enough just to say, I'm going to cut it out entirely, cold turkey, I get a big zero. It's what good thing can I replace this with that the Lord might lead me to? You know, my parents did not like rock and roll music. You know, they grew up in a Baptist church and, you know, drums were of the devil and, and you know, Hell's Bells, that video, maybe some of you grew up watching that. Uh, but in any case, um, when I got to junior high, they didn't necessarily like the rock music thing, but they knew that I liked it. And what they chose to do was allow me to listen to Christian rock music. And it was a wonderful thing, something that filled my life with positive words, good, uplifting music that, yes, was in a style that I enjoyed. The same is true of hip-hop. If your kids like rap music, they're excellent, excellent artists out there. Uh, and you could ask me, you could ask uh, Kana in the youth ministry. We could point you in the direction. I know there's others that could point you in the direction of positive things you could fill your life with. But there are good, there are good things that people have done in the various media that you can put into your life. Um, if it's a bitterness issue, you, you really need to work on that this year. You really need to get to that place of 
Uh, maybe it's listing the offenses that that person has done to you. List them all. And then forgive each one. Cross it off. Forgive. Cross it off. Forgive. Cross it off. And forgive. You need to go through that. But, but there's a variety of things we can talk about here. But whatever it is, you need to replace what is unclean with what is clean. Otherwise, we'll go right back to it. Fifthly, and lastly, purification. Uh, let Christ clean your home. Let Christ clean your home. Now, at the end of this story, I'm sorry, not even the story, but, but at the end of these commands, um, he has some detailed instructions on the last steps to clean the house. So it's like the leprosy's gone, the, the mildew is eliminated, but there's one more step left, and it's so interesting because he says, take these two birds, this is verse 49, some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. You kill one of the birds over fresh water, and then you take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn, the live bird, dip them into the blood of the dead bird in the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. Then you're purifying the house. It says, verse 30, uh, 52, Purify the house with bird's blood, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn. Then release the live bird into the open fields outside the town. In this way, he will make what? Atonement for the house. Atonement's a word that refers to uh, later. Now, now we, we refer to that as Jesus' death. It's atonement. Uh, Jesus paid for our sins. He, he covered the wrath of God. He atoned for our sins. He paid the price. And you have this atonement here, and it's like it's a house, and yet you're atoning for it. So interesting. You're killing a bird for the uncleanness of a house, and there's this reminder that uncleanness, if you are unclean, it requires a sacrifice. It requires a death. To let that bird free, you've got to kill a bird. Someone has to die for sin. And birds, you know, in the Old Testament, it's birds and bulls and goats. And all look forward to the final sacrifice. Jesus is the focus. He's the focus of Leviticus 14. He is the dead bird that is killed. And the blood sprinkled seven times over the house. And now the house is atoned for. Now the house is, is clean. No more leprosy. Jesus is the motivation for your holiness. And he's the means of your holy. You can't be holy without him. You can't even try without him. It'll be total failure. He cleans you up. He purifies you. He died to forgive you of your sins. And if you don't know that, if you haven't accepted that forgiveness, that is the first place to start this morning saying, Christ, forgive me. I have sinned, but I recognize you are the dead bird. You are the one that had to give his life for me, to pay the price for my sin, to clean me up. Leviticus 14 is about the blood of Jesus. He is the focus of our holiness. We want to be like him, and we accept his forgiveness. Would you consider this year having a conversation with your spouse, maybe with your whole family, and looking at the places in your family's life that need to be cleaned up, the dark places, the sin issues, the forgiveness issues, the media issues, the love issues. Would you have a conversation and look at some things and choose one or two to work on this year? You know, it doesn't have to be a long list. 
It can be a couple things that God wants you to attend to. It's probably whatever you were thinking about as I was preaching this message. Whatever you felt like God's finger was poking, (laughs) that's probably what you need to attend to. Have a conversation about it. If you're single, talk to an accountability partner. If you're a married guy or a married woman, again, talking also to an accountability partner is an awesome thing. We need each other in the church. Talk to your small group. Those will be starting soon here this year as well. Let's pray.